You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. So all the knuckleheads are back for another episode of the Bad Christian Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing. If you're not subscribed and you're just streaming this from somewhere or you're downloading individual files and playing them, that's not the right way to do it. Go ahead, go all the way to iTunes or your podcast player on your device and click the subscribe button. That's the way to do it. Now, you know when somebody like leaves a church or a politician leaves office or a celebrity couple breaks up or somebody leaves a band? Well, they always give a statement and it just sounds so clean and so proper and like there's no problem at all. You know, just like a plain vanilla perfect explanation that everything is just fine and the way it's supposed to be. But we all know that's total bullshit, right? Like when our bass player Chopper left the band, uh, we did the same thing. We said, oh, uh, Chopper's decided to leave the band and is totally on good terms and there's no bad blood at all and he just wants to do some other things with his life. And I don't I don't know why we felt so compelled at that time to tell the story that way. It, it really is boring and it's also not true. It's just kind of like a, a, a nice political way to tell the story. So we thought it would be cool and, and maybe even necessary to bring Chopper on the podcast today. And we would talk about the circumstances when he left the band and, and uh, just catch up with him because we are friends with him today and we value that very much. But it was really difficult. We had a hard time. It was a weird, it was a whole weird deal when he left. And uh, I guess we're sorry for not being able to explain that better to, to our fans. But maybe the, maybe you guys will find this interesting. But if not, it's at least interesting to us. And we enjoyed catching up with Chopper. And that's what we do on the podcast. We, we just talk to people we want to talk to and talk about what we want to talk about. And we hope that you guys like it. It seems like you do. So thank you for supporting us. Three, two, one. Wah, this is this is okay. it's bad Christian right. I love that intro best one yet we're gonna get super good at those how are you guys doing today we are doing great, great. so good I can't believe it welcome and all the listeners back to bad Christian pod the new episode today we have Joel green emory's former bass player and he's gonna do a tell-all we're gonna talk about everything we're gonna talk about him leaving the band and uh just catch up with a good friend and i think we'll have some good stories in there so speaking of the band emory we have we have a new album that we're working on right now called you're never alone and tomorrow Tuesday, April 1st, our crowdfunding campaign goes Yay. live. And it's going to be a particularly badass crowdfunding campaign because there's going to be songs you can download immediately. There's going to be a song that's free right away. And there's other packages in which case you get to immediately download previously unreleased Emory songs and demos and even a full-length album from our band before we were in Emory. That was Joey, Toby, Devin, and I's band in from 1999. We did a whole full-length record that was never released, and then we started Emory. Also, we're going to try to beat like the world record ever for crowdfunding, and we're going to try and raise like $6 million. So we're going to make it. I know it. We'll get it. I know we will. What? Can we actually get to six million dollars? Yeah, just you know, for you know, expenses like <laughs> recording and stuff. We we need it. We're a big band. I mean, if if you guys made that, would y'all give me ten percent? No, just as a friend. No, why not? Y'all wouldn't miss it for anything. Yeah, Do you we know would. we would have to we pay taxes on six, all that. 
Six hundred thousand dollars. Y'all wouldn't give that to me. I asked you for no six way. dollars the other day, and you said no. Yeah, but that's because you don't need it. I definitely need it. No. Okay. <laughs> so cruise over there and check it out. Um, you know the packages are simple. They start at a few hundred thousand for you know an album and like. <laughs> Tell the truth. People are gonna <laughs> no, people we are have packages start at ten dollars. We're just trying to get fifty thousand dollars, which will be the least we've ever spent on a record. So help us out. Just want to let you yeah. guys know that I totally disagree with how you guys are raising money. Unlike fail. Did somebody say that? No, that's what's coming. If Matt didn't correct himself. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I oh. think people know when we're joking. If they don't, I don't. Oh. well, just so people know, I mean, I, I mean, I want to give the whole story here. We, I mean, we had a deal on the table to to re-sign with Tooth and Nail, which is a label that we love, and uh, we had just kind of been doing Bad Christian for a little bit, and we just really have felt like, uh, just even even after uh, um, doing. Uh, we do what we want. Spit we just, it out, baby. I know. I'm just kind of. I'm kind of. T- t- <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> you, you probably used to make people fun of people that stuttered too, didn't you? You're a terrible person. I mean, you really are. You're looking at me smiling right now, like <laughs> it's funny to stutter. I apologize to anybody that ever has struggled with stuttering or anything like that, because Joey would have made fun of you. Apparently, he's the coolest asshole in the world. <laughs> anyway, so we had a deal on the table with Tooth and Nail Records, and uh, Matt got, Matt calls me on his way to sign the deal, and he says, "Hey, man." We've talked about this, but what do you think? Do you think we really should sign this record deal? And I was like, ooh, I don't know, because there was a lot of money on the table. <laughs> like I said, Tooth & Nail really took care of us and always supported us and stuff. And so uh, we ultimately decided no. So Matt walked in, in there. Um, what was it, Matt? Like It a, was actually a, a phone call. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to have lunch. I was, but I called and didn't. Oh, I, I thought you like busted. But, through, but, the, like, but there is a table there at Tooth and Nail. They have a really nice table. It's like this thing uh, made out of the middle of a tree. It's like probably a five thousand dollar piece of wood on. You know, it's, they do have a really nice table there. But I never got to the table. But I assume there was a briefcase of money on it. I was just didn't yeah, know. yeah, just like hundred dollar bills wrapped in paper. But uh, anyway, so we said no. So we're not about trying to make money. We're actually trying to do this thing legit and be real. And I mean, there was a lot of money, so it's scary to be independent and. Uh, scary to trust people to want your music and support you as a band and as people, but that's where we are, and we're super excited. So this campaign means a lot to us; it really does. Um, but we trust you guys, and that's the title of this record: is that we were never alone, you were never alone. We totally feel that way, so we appreciate it. But it's already been it's already been really successful. What we've done with Bad Christian, releasing King's Kaleidoscope, uh, they that's been a huge thing already for us, and we have a bunch of more bands that. Uh, or we we do have other bands that we're going to be releasing in the near future that we'll be excited to announce too. So we are more than just an independent band. We're a label. We're a collective. We're a music group, and, and we're a whole community here with the podcast and the blog and everything. So thank you guys for being part of it. If not, basically all of it. We're just three guys that uh, don't even know what we're doing. So we have nothing and nobody to talk to or sell music to or sing songs to without you guys. Thank you. Yes, so if you are a regular listener to this podcast, you really are part of a virtual community. And I don't exactly know what that is, but I've heard it from other people. And I I think we all do feel connected in some way. So it is kind of neat. You're part of something. And uh, we are too. So it's awesome. Um, I I made... I was trying to think of an inspirational song. That really wasn't... Yeah, it kind of is. Well, is. now we got to pay licensing to Elton John. Way to go. <laughs> no, no, you only have to do that, I think, if it's a, a, over a certain amount of seconds. Like, That's true. Oh, more than 15 seconds, I think. So I made an um, observation good. today, and I'm dying to see if you guys are just uh, would, would say you're just off on this. 
But I cannot deny the fact that I walked into Dunkin' Donuts today. I take these uh, to actually, I'll just be totally open. I wrote a post a long time ago on um, my a good friend of mine getting killed in a car wreck. And so basically since then, I've been taking his two kids on Thursday mornings uh, to either Chick-fil-A or Donuts or a park or something like that, you know, just to hang out with them, give them some mail time and, and that sort of thing. So foster dad of the year. There you yeah, go. There you again. go. Always going to brag on myself. So um, walking into Dunkin' Donuts, I saw in the corner two guys talking. And immediately, I was like, eh, those are two Christians having like some sort of accountability. I knew it. No one told me. They didn't have Christian t-shirts on. No, I could just tell by how they looked. And sure enough, I kind of eavesdropped a little bit. And they were talking about God and church and all that stuff. And I started thinking about it. I was like, what was that? That was not like some spiritual awakening in my heart. I just looked at them. So now I'm faced with this horrible question of do christians look a certain way like did i observe them and do you say, have yeah, any idea look- what the clues were that, that gave you that i just don't know i just i don't even know if it was their demeanor or how they were sitting across but i guess honestly when you go into a coffee shop in the morning and you see two guys sitting across from each other it's like some sort of accountability let's talk sort of thing. i think that's more in the south but yeah. i was in starbucks uh like a, last week and I thought the exact same thing. There was two guys over there. I was like, okay, those guys, that's a pastor and a guy. <laughs> then I looked over here. I was like, and I was, and I was like, oh man. And then I looked at myself and I was getting ready to meet somebody from our church. And I looked like that. And I was like, oh no, this is me. This is what I'm doing. And so that's the thing I don't like. I guess all pastors and, and church folk go to Starbucks. And is that like a huge in the South? Like, oh yeah, we're not going to I don't think it's in the South. I see it in Seattle and there's way less Christians here, but I always see people with a, a highlighter and a Bible and maybe. Here's the thing, somebody though, at Starbucks. I, in I, am, I never did in Seattle. I, never I am did. almost positive that if those two this morning, if they were not Christians, I don't think I would have thought that they were just because they're sitting across from each other. I really think I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's a look on their face. I don't know if it was the faux hawk and the the kind of clothes they were wearing. It's probably a they, lot of nonverbal clues there. I'm sure. Yeah, they were. They just both looked. They had like a faux hawk. One of them did. Was it? Did they look good? Like they were just dressed cool and good, and they looked yeah, like almost safe. All right, here's the thing, and and I know <laughs> I know we have a reputation of being mean to our own church people, but I mean we're we're part of the church, so we're talking about ourselves too. But honestly, it just kind of looked like almost two guys that were trying to relate to the culture by just how they. It, <laughs> I don't too too put I together. Just, it's, yeah, it just sounds horrible. But uh, I'll tell you another thing that sounds horrible is uh, we had a. We had my uh, old, I hate when I say my, like I own him or something. We had our old worship leader uh, come back and lead worship. Um, uh, Toby is our worship leader right now. Most of you know that. And our old worship leader came back and led two worship leaders ago. Great guy. Love him. Kind of like a little brother. And uh, there was a song that we sang, though. And I told Toby, I don't want to sing that song anymore. And... uh, it, it basically goes, I can't hold my love back from you. Oh, no. I can't hold my love back from you. But, I've got to sing. Right. i got to sing. One of the verses is, I just cannot believe the way he touches me. And it just sounds like our senior pastor would call that prom song for Jesus. Does an unbeliever in our church, in our, in our midst, think, 
That's really weird. Of course they do. Excited about God touching them. And, of course and like they do. Them. That's totally weird. I'm not saying it's ill intent on the person, but it sounds, I mean, we sound like totally silly with most of the stuff we do at church to outsiders, like the way we sing and the stuff we do and the way, now, you say the the way people thing? clap and stuff. I mean, people make fun of it for sure. Couldn't you say the same thing about old hymns, or do you think there there's just a Somewhat, little bit more sincerity? It's just I don't even actually know if it's that, other than it's so removed and so old sounding for the most part that it doesn't, it just doesn't seem. It, you can tell that it's older in the way it's worded. Just like if you listen to a broadcast, a radio broadcast from the fifties, how they talk so different. Like you wouldn't yeah. really judge it. You would go, "Wow, that's like from a different period." Yeah. Well, the other thing too, though, that is I do believe is different for. Um, hymns is that most of them are more about Jesus and all the new songs are more about I or me or yeah, what I, I, that's true. Yeah. I can't hold my love back from you. Yeah. So, it's super that, cheesy. I hate it. I wouldn't, I don't know why you'd ever do that song in the first place. I don't know the song, but I don't know why anybody would ever do a song like that. Does people like I, it? I guess here, they, like it. Yeah, a, they love it. I actually enjoyed it. I here, thought it was great. Here's another song that used to kill me that we, that this is, you know, out with the old in with the new. We, we don't ever sing the song anymore, but it's, Every day, it's you I live for every day. And as I'm singing it, I'm thinking to myself, I wish this was true. Like, I'm singing about me living for God every day. And yet, I don't know if there's one person even in the Bible that lives for God every day. But and couldn't you, like, put your own take on it? Like, for you personally, it'd be like, every day I eat Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> every day I get fatter and uglier, too. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I am Joey, and I'm ugly and fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you can personalize your own, you know, third verse. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody says you, when you're, oh, so you're worried that other people are going to hear that. Yeah. So when you're worshiping, yeah, yeah. you're worried about the other people in the in the yeah. room. You know, you actually looked at me the whole time you sang that and bobbed your head up and down. <laughs> hey, do you think you could put that on the screen or teleprompter like they did to Charles Barkley, and he'd read it? Somebody they would sing it. The oh, Joey's but, fat verse. Yeah, that's <laughs> you actually could trick hilarious. Him. <laughs> that, that would be so funny to put put bad lyrics. Charles Barkley did that in real life, and when they made him say, he said, "I'm a dumbass." He read it right off the teleprompter. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. It was it, like it he was reading planned. the NBA on TNT. He goes and this and that and blah blah blah. I'm a dumbass, and then he died <laughs> laughing when he realized what he said because he's just reading it. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Will Ferrell, Ferrell and Anchorman. Oh yeah, Will Ferrell and Anchorman. Oh, anyway, Matt, goodness. what's going on with you? Anything? Well, <laughs> the uh, fa- the family got sick this week. What do you mean they got sick? Like vomiting and yep. diarrhea? Yep. You know, like uh, I-, I know it sounds crazy, but I like it when my wife and daughter are sick. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like it's um it's just nice like uh everybody's well like I put it this way when my wife got her wisdom teeth out uh two years ago it was like the best week to me my favorite <laughs> one of our favorite weeks of our marriage because she I picked you gotta up, explain this you gotta really explain what you're saying here nobody's gonna understand what you mean you yeah know? it's like you love seeing your wife <laughs> you don't, in pain yeah you don't no, not well, the pain part not not her in pain do you like taking care of her so when she got back from her getting her wisdom teeth taken out she's got the uh. She's got the she's on the pills and on the medicine and everything like that and she's just totally doped up and she's super sweet because if I bring her soup she thinks it's great and thinks it's nice and she's sitting on the couch and just watches Disney movies and then like uh every hour and a half she starts to get grouchy and grumpy and I go, "Oh, I know what you need, another Vicodin." And so I give her the, the I give her the pills and she starts to be sweet again and rub my back and says I'm doing such a good job and then she's just quiet and sits there and watches Disney movies for a while. And I love that. It was awesome. 
So now when my daughter's sick, in, in case you didn't know, my daughter is a maniac and a monster. She's not a sweet baby at all. So when she's sick and then my <laughs> wife both are sick, then they both kind of need me a little bit and they're nice. And then they kind of do, do, you know, they're sweet. You can, the baby will sit there and just, you can hold her and, you know, I, I suppose they're in a little bit of pain and stuff, but it's nice. I like it. So, so the Carters run normally, like just don't want to really interact or touch each other. But if if you guys <laughs> right. get if you They're guys sick. get sick, like you get to actually experience more love when your yes. wife and daughter are sick because they it's they just actually, pleasant. Yeah. It's quiet and like I can you know what I mean. I can do my thing. It's just better. I like it. I like well, I mean, it when they're th- sick. This presents so many opportunities. Like you should never plan a vacation ahead of time. You should always wait till someone's super sick, then go on vacation. It would be nice for me. I agree. I mean, I'm not saying I want them to be in pain or whatever, but if you take that part out of it, then it is nice when your family's sick. That's all I'm saying. Do you think this would hold true with injuries also? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If she broke her leg, it would be tremendous. Uh, Last week, I actually got to see what Jess's actual reaction to dying would be, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I stopped on the way. We we're taking Ruby to school, and I stopped to get gas. And when I pulled out, I looked to my right. I looked to my left, and everything was good. But then I looked to my right, and it's really busy road on Maybank Highway. And uh, so I, I go to pull out. I didn't realize there's a car coming immediately hard from my left, right? So Jess did not say. Uh, so she actually thought we're going to. I mean, it You're looked taking like, a right, and the car's coming. We're tur- no, we're turning left, and okay. the car's coming from our gotcha. left. So it would have been like head on, almost like, you know, front end, really bad kids in the car. Everything is really, it would have been really bad. It was really close. So I thought, I thought we might get hit. You know, I tried to stay calm, but she, she didn't say look out. She didn't say stop. She didn't say, oh no, she, this is literally her reaction to, oh no, I might die. (laughs) (laughs) I promise. That's all I heard. That is all I heard. And and from that, I was able to hit the brakes. I was able to deduce from my wife. I hit the brakes, and we did not get hit. But I promise, she didn't say, Toby, look out. You think that car. But anything. you think the time it would have taken her to say, Toby, look out, would have maybe been like slower for to make you react. So her, well, her response I, was appropriate, perhaps. No, listen. If, I, if she said, look out, or she, or she went, oh, 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 that used to be her yeah, go-to. Oh, yeah. I think all girls, when something bad happens, stub the toe, uh, they're really mad, rough day. I think shit is the word for girls, no yeah, matter but, what. So this exceeded her worst yeah, fear this because is like she her actual, skipped shit. Yeah, this is her actual just guttural, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. This is the noise I'll make. <laughs> <laughs> I used to carpool with uh, three different female teachers. Uh, we had a 45-minute drive every single day. One of them was a couple years younger. One was about a year older. But then the other one was like 30 years older than me. Well, you know, maybe more. So there was one day when I did not drive uh, with them. And they told me the funniest story that uh, basically one of the girls tried to pass another car and didn't see another car coming. And so uh, the youngest girl was like, shit. And then the, the next youngest girl said, Shit! <laughs> and then the oldest lady in the car said, Shit! And every single one of them was a very genuine, natural response. None of them was clowning. They all and, said it at the same time, or or no? It was like in it was sequence, consecutively. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the funniest one was thinking of our, you know, our older, elderly friend saying the same thing. Uh, well, that's why I think cuss words are 
fine and okay because it's a word we came up with. And at that moment, the perfect word to describe the situation, shit. to capture the moment, is the word shit. I can't believe yeah. how many poop. people, how, how many people's last words had to have been. Oh, shit. <laughs> had to be a cuss word. It has to be so many. <laughs> hey, for for Lent, I was going to give up cussing. Did I tell you all that? Uh, for Lent, I was going to give up cussing. And I might have already said this, but uh, so I... I was listening to to it on the on the radio station. I just there. don't even get the rationale behind. Well, that. I was listening to the radio station, and they said the top five things that people give up for Lent. One of them was cussing. I was like, oh, I could probably do that just because. I mean, I I actually after your sermon, it, you know, it's even I even think I don't think cussing's bad. But I was like, well, it's just a word, so I'll give it up. No big deal. I parked my car. I walked around, <laughs> opened my door. My guitar fell on the ground. Went shit, damn it! Immediately, <laughs> and I just I was like, oh well, there went that. <laughs> Not giving that one up. <laughs> the hell with that. <laughs> I mean, I would even think like if someone actually like in war, I was thinking how many people have said shit in war. Like <laughs> I would even think like if I was fighting and someone shot me and I knew it was going to be a fatal <laughs> shot, I'd be like, shit. Like that's it. <laughs> it almost could be like a word that covers everything. Like, you know, just it, you don't even need other words. Like you stub your toe, shit, you get shot, shit. <laughs> Somebody cut you off in traffic. Shit. Food's no good. Shit. I'm saying it as many as I can. Speaking of shit, I'd like to bring <laughs> I'd like to bring in Joel Green here in a moment. He's Emery's old bass player and one of my oldest, probably I guess my oldest friend uh that I have that I keep in regular contact with. Uh so we'll be back in just a moment with Joel Green. <laughs> hey, do you guys know how many people out there probably have podcasts? Do you think it's a lot? No, no. This is part of this is an ad. Dang it! Oh, I, sorry. I, really, I, I didn't know what you. I thought you were just asking us a question. I, I didn't know this. I was, thought it was an ad too, but then he didn't say anything. So I was like, "Well, I guess somebody's got to answer." <laughs> Nobody does. Why? <laughs> Start this over. Hey, do you guys think that a bunch of our listeners have podcasts already, or at least probably want to start one? Oh, gosh, yes. I hear it all the time. Well, one of the hardest things about starting a podcast is uh, getting it hosted and, and put, putting it online and knowing how to do all the technical stuff. Recording is the easy part because everybody has GarageBand, but then what do you do after that? Oh, my gosh. I just, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, we couldn't do it on our own. It, 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 there's a, there is a simple solution, and it's what we use here at the Bad Christian Podcast. It's signalleaf.com, that's yes. host, and that's hosting without the headache. It's not all the headache and hassle, and also Signal Leaf is a small and new company. They do a great job with us, and if you're hearing this podcast, it's coming from them and their servers. They have great customer service, and if you can simply record with a microphone on your laptop, then you then all you need is signalleaf.com, and you can broadcast your podcast and get it going today. So go to signalleaf.com forward slash bad Christian and uh, tell them we sent you and, and sign up for your free trial. You won't regret it. You won't. And this is going out to Signal Leaf. Signal Leave. So we would like to officially welcome Mr. Joel Green to our podcast. Joel, how you doing, man? Hey, good. How you guys doing? Real good. Real good. It, uh, we hadn't talked to you Sweet. in a little while. 
Um, you've been listening to our, our podcast sitting here. You, have you been enjoy, enjoying yourself so far? Yeah, man. So far, so good. So here's the $100 question. Would you enjoy this if you didn't know who we were? Um, probably not. <laughs> yeah, Lo- <laughs> Logan wasn't sure. <laughs> no, Logan said he liked it. He's really into it. He's always bugging me to come back on the podcast. I hope he does come back. That'd be fine. Yeah, you should talk to Logan, man. He's hilarious. We did. He was on episode did. two. Didn't you listen? No. No, I didn't. I'll check it out, though. Is it, is it on your uh, Facebook thing? Yeah, it's on our Facebook thing. <laughs> Facebook thing. Okay. <laughs> your Facebook. It just goes to show you Joel's, like, where, where he's at with technology. There's a thing. It says, it's called Facebook. I don't know. I got it. <laughs> All right. So, Joel was uh, the original bass player in Emory. Hey, hey, I resent that, man. Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. I mean, I Not played one yeah. Emory show. Yeah, I guess that's true. Joey Svensson is the original bass player. Thank you. But, I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. I always think about moving out to Seattle. And I'm just so, kidding. I don't resent that a bit. I, I know you don't. Uh, thanks for clearing your name, man. You're, once again, friend of the year, dad of the year. Everything you do <laughs> awesome. is perfect. Dad of the you, year. For, you even ask forgiveness perfectly. It's wonderful. I, I wonder, uh, talk about yours and mine. When we had a... <laughs> We had several probably shit stories, but one that was really oh, yeah. funny. Hundreds. We went to uh, we Joel and I volunteered uh, as counselors, camp counselors at a camp called Camp Happy Days, and we went for this. <laughs> it's kind of like a little social thing, just like get acquainted with what was going to happen. It was in the winter, right? I think it was in the winter, and um, yeah. So they were they were serving food, um, like in in a line, and they had volunteers serving the food. One was a dad. Um, just like an older dad, he was a construction worker. I've heard this so many so, times. Yeah. It just does not get so, old. So we're walking down. <laughs> we're, we're we're walking down the. Uh, Matt, are you still there? Yeah, I love this story. Sorry, you seem far away. Um, so we're walking down the line to get our food, and it was like carrots and maybe green beans and turkey, and then they had obviously it was mashed potatoes, uh, but they had did the mashed potatoes mixed with with gravy, so it was really soupy and kind of white and and whitish brownish or whatever. I looked at the guy. I was like. Hey, what is this? And he said, shit. Shit, shit, rock plaster. Because <laughs> he, so he was trying to be trippy. Yeah. He, well, he thought he was, th- I think he was just like, man, this is shit that I'm serving. It but looks like he, diarrhea. He, so kind of came out. So his, but his construction background was the only thing he could run to. Like, what, how can I? So he tried to make it act like he accidentally said shit. And said, say I said, what is that? He said, shit. Shit, shit, rock plaster. I don't know if. It was the same camp or not? That's a pretty good. You guys saying. said that. You guys said that y'all had this gigantic guy come up to y'all one time, and he looked really dignified and really mature. He said, "Excuse me, but can you tell me where the porta potty is?" Once again, Joey makes fun of stutters. This is a stately older gentleman. He did. He walked up to Joel and I was like, "Excuse me, could you guys please tell me where?" The potties are, and this is the same. Joel and I didn't know what to do, so all we did was point. We didn't say go down there. We couldn't speak. I didn't know what to do. It caught us totally off guard. Yeah, I would have laughed so hard. Yeah, I mean, what? What is this the same camp where there's a kid sitting on your shoulders and he said, "Mr. Morell, my fingers cut off." Yes, that's not a funny story. Toby walked through a door. I don't think we should talk about this. A child losing (laughs) appendage is not a good story. (laughs) There was this little little fella that was there for camp. His brother had cancer, and he he got to go too and be with his brother. 
the last thing his mom tells me as we're as she's leaving is, "My son has never been away from us. Please, please take care of my son." I was like, "Do not worry." I, I took it serious. We're walking out. He's on the top bunk. We all, you know, the counselors and we were in one room. They were in another. We went in the room. I was like, "He was like, I was like, get out of bed high." And he was on my shoulders. And I was going to walk him down to breakfast. A kid and behind us slams the door. He goes under. He puts his his uh, hand on the door frame, and the door slams on him. And he goes. Mr. Tommy, Mr. Tommy, my finger's gone. I was like, oh no, gosh. dude, it's okay. Not a big deal. He showed me that his finger was gone. <laughs> like it, it was totally severed. Yeah. It oh was just, my God. It, was just, it was just the tip. <laughs> it was but just it's like tip. dangling? No, no. It's on the floor. Oh. Like the bone? <laughs> <laughs> Is there, is the bone? I don't know why talking about this. It was, it was so, so, very a fing- so the fingernail was intact in the whole Imagine thing. Imagine your pinky finger. Imagine like I don't know a quarter a quarter of an inch gone, and it was just a bone sticking out with blood. Oh. I, I I promise you, I immediately I didn't know what to do. I like almost I think I had like shock. I didn't know what to do. I just kind of froze, and I was like, "Oh no, this is real!" And then I looked down, and there's his pinky on the floor, oh, the gosh. piece of it. I scoop it up with my hand. I pull him down from my shoulders, hold him, and then I run to the camp counselors. And then they had to, uh, they rushed him to the hospital, <laughs> but they weren't able to save the little bit of his pinky. Wow! So, so you, you really, they, they were, follow, a, they were able you to really save it. Followed suit with his parents. No, no, no. And you know what? They were so gracious, though. They were like, "Listen, accidents happen. This isn't that big of a deal. We're so glad it wasn't anything <laughs> more serious." Because, I mean, the truth is, I think it, uh, that he came back the next year, and it looked like, just imagine if a little bit of your fingernail was missing. It looks like, you know, just have a little bit of a shorter <laughs> oh finger. So, it didn't, I don't think it – now, at the same time, I don't know. What if he was left-handed and it affected how he played baseball or football or something like that? I'm not sure. I really don't know. Uh, 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 I think I heard from him for a few more years, but that was about it. So, I'm, I'm not, I don't, don't even remember his Well, name. he will I'm always sure remember you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Luckily, it wasn't worse. I mean, what if it would have been seriously like, like his thumb head. or something? Yeah, or his head. Yeah, because yeah. the doors are super heavy wood. So when they shut, they go boom. And he's a little, little I mean, six, seven-year-old. You don't think it was caught in the side, like where the latch is? No, it was the actual wood. You know how some heavy doors I just are like don't really see sharp. how that could cut a finger. It his, seems like it would just smash it and bruise it and mash it, you know? No, but just imagine if something <coughs> swoop, swooped past you. There's kind of sharp and super heavy, and your uh, finger's a little nothing. Just oh, like big God, wooden like, scissors, that's all. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, the crazy thing about that is that, that like, you know, I'm, a, I'm at the same camp in a different area with, with the kids I had, and I heard, like, something happened to one of Toby's kids. You know, I'm like, what? And so <laughs> I go to find Toby, and he's like, yeah, man, like, I cut one of my kids' fingers off. <laughs> so when was that, Joe? How long ago was that? I I don't know. Was it like what late nineties? I guess that would yeah. have been early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. We've been friends. Yeah, yeah. I've I met Joel uh, in ninety seven. Honestly, like a week after I met uh, Toby, we were sitting uh, in my dorm room watching TV, probably a football game, and uh, this roach was just scurrying across the floor. So I just get up, step on it, go sit back down. Joel doesn't move, doesn't even turn his head. And like 10 seconds later, he says, man, it must really suck to get killed for just being what you are. (laughs) (laughs) And he was totally serious. (laughs) So, Joel, how you been, man? I still believe that too, man. So we've known known Joel. Well, I've known Joel since yeah, ninety something, very ninety one, ninety two. Joel, maybe even earlier than that. Cause you graduate, you yeah. graduate ninety three. 
So yeah, yeah. I've known you since 1990, which is oh so gosh. crazy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you weren't, we, we were actually never in a band together, but you were in another band um, called mm-hmm. Oogie Brown. Yep. And, and we're still and, together, by the way. So Joel, you, you quit that band and decided to join Emory. You moved with us to Seattle, but Correct. how did you, how did you go about quitting? Well, I had to, I had to call Ashley and uh, break the news to him. And so, uh, so you called him while we you called him while we were still in in Rock Hill, right? No, no, no. I called him after we. I think after we left for to to leave for Seattle <laughs> from the road. <laughs> so, so your your bandmate didn't know that you were quitting. You didn't tell him face to face or or like call him while you're in town. Go until have a you beer had moved. Together. Yeah, you, right. You yeah. Actually, you'd actually moved Til, across. Till after I'd pull the trigger. That was great. We went to their it's, concert the week before we moved. Remember, it was the last week before we moved, and oh, we yeah. all and we knew we were moving. And Joel knew he was leaving and everything. And he played the gig and told the guys, "See you next week." And then yeah. called him from Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it, yeah, it's not one of the things I'm most proud of, you know. But uh, I, I kind of took the coward's way out on that one. Yeah, yeah. You guys are back together now, and fences. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, enough time goes by, and you know, after emotions calm down and everything, everything's cool. You know, we just kind of got back together and, you know, we play, I don't know, three or four times a year. It's not like like we gig on a regular basis, but, uh, you know, we yeah. still play. It's cool. Well, I think that's one of the best things about you, Joel, is just that you are honestly one of the most friendliest people uh, I've ever met. And so I don't think people can, can have too hard of feelings against you or you for them for too too long. So moving on with this story, yeah. though, I think what, what a lot of uh, listeners and, and fans of Emory would like to hear is, so you were in Emory – Till what year and what do you what was your why do you think you were no longer in Emory? What's your side of that story? Yeah, we've never talked just for the record, everybody, yeah. we've never talked about this much publicly. We've only said that, you know, Chopper decided to leave the band, but we've never really talked about any details about it and we never honestly have talked to Chopper very much about it since, although we've continued to be friends. So for kind of a unique thing here on the podcast today, Joel, is it okay if we talk about this stuff? Yeah, that's cool, man. You know, it's kinda like uh you know, you break up with a girl and, you know, sucks for a few months and then everything's cool again, you know. So, and I want to be in all sensitivity here. If you wouldn't mind, we would actually retrospectively like to hear the story a little bit from, from your point of view. And Yeah, because there's one sure. specific question that we have always had uh, that we're going to ask you in a minute. But we'll let you go ahead and tell tell <laughs> how you think it went. Well, you guys... You guys' big deal is all about transparency and, yep. <clears throat> you know, honesty and all that stuff, right? Yep. So, so yeah. anything you want to say about us, even if it makes us look yeah. bad, that's that's totally okay, Joel. We trust you yeah. and we're good friends. <laughs> so you can really say whatever you feel or felt or whatever you really think. That's okay to do. Yeah, here. if you thought we were assholes right or whatever whatever it is. But what, So what do you think tor- What do you think happened and, and why did we separate? Well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, I don't remember the year. I, I think maybe 2004, <laughs> 2005. <laughs> It sounds like a really old story. I don't remember the year. Well, I'm not, I'm not good with timelines, man. Yeah, me, but, uh, me Go ahead. <clears throat> anyway, we were on this warp tour. It was the one that uh, that Devin wasn't on, but Ben Ben took his place. So yeah, you guys remember when that was? Yeah, Devin got married, so he couldn't be on warp tour. Yeah, so Devin got married. So, so Ben, number one gun was playing with us. Okay, so anyway, um, we were all kind of playing pranks on each other a lot, and. Uh, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was that tour, but I, I kind of, I clamped Logan into his bunk. I got all these C clamps and like, do you guys even remember that? I, I clamped his privacy curtain yes, shut yeah. so that he couldn't, couldn't get yeah. out. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> you know, we were all playing pranks on each other 
And I did something to Matt. I don't remember what it was. And so I came in one night and my he had, he had pulled the mattress out from underneath my bed. So the mattress was on top of everything. And yeah. uh, <laughs> sheets and blankets were all underneath, you know. And I, I was tired. I was ready to go. I was like, man, dang it. So uh, I went back in the back lounge and saw his computer sitting there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to mess with his computer a little bit. And like, you know, change some of the names of his folders. Nothing big, you know, but just kind of messing around with him. So I opened the computer up and his email was open and it just popped open and I saw my name. And so I started reading and it was where like um, you two guys and Devin had been uh, emailing back and forth about how, you know, you weren't totally stoked with me and, you know, kind of like, you know, some of the ways I was choosing to live my life and stuff like that. And um, so I went back and read through all those and, you know, kind of sucked, but uh, that's when, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but maybe a couple of days later, like I sent you guys that big long email and, you know, yeah. talking about how I was just going to split and, you know, that'd be it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough to hear, man. Even even now, uh, that is the question that I've always wanted to know. We didn't know how <clears throat> you found out that email. We had no no clue. We were writing to each other. And from our perspective, honestly, <clears throat> just because, you know, I'll just tell you what we thought was um, we didn't know if you were fully on board with Emory and what, what we were trying to do. There was, a, you know, some stuff that had happened between your girlfriend at the time and you. And we were, we were trying to bring some of that stuff to light because uh, we thought we were, would help you. And then there was a few other things like one thing that in retrospect now is kind of funny. But at the time, it was really, really hard was we were going to drive our van for Christmas back to the East Coast. And Joel went out the night before and partied. And somehow, I still don't remember, but Joel went out and partied. And so he was driving around in the van, wasted. And uh, somehow a tire blew out. And you changed no, the tire. Yeah. You, yeah changed go ahead. The, you changed the tire with the spare, but you put the spare on backwards. So you drove for 100 yards and it blew out again. And then the no, van I, drew, was- I drove for one inch and it blew out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it tore so up the van the, the day we were supposed to drive across the country right yeah and and so yeah. we didn't yeah and i i don't know maybe you were just frustrated or something but it didn't seem like you were you know it didn't you didn't really care you just kind of thought it was funny and for us we're like crap what do we do now and you know so a little bit of stuff like that like i think it was just for us like we didn't know where you you stood with like actually wanting to be in the band or what we were doing or what we we're trying to accomplish and so we talked about it a little bit but uh so anyway i think honestly in retrospect too we should have handled things differently and um you know as well i mean we definitely i would never want to say that this was just joel being uh you know terrible and we we're the heroes here we we definitely didn't handle that situation either and we didn't know what to say because like like i said before joel's my oldest friend and i was like dang it this is at that time we were like what what does this mean like what is this really this is like a life thing where something changes and i know, you know how to handle it you guys weren't having any conversations like leading up to that like mm-hmm. there was you guys weren't expressing any dissatisfaction in joel there, whatsoever. there was a well, lot well, sorry joe let me ask you that so yeah joey i i, I that's what i'm kind of interested in hearing from joel is i don't know how out of the blue this was for him and i'm really curious like how does he think that that we handled that was that uh, that sounds really difficult and painful and hurtful from from your point of view even in you telling it makes me really feel sad um can you tell us more about like what was there nothing leading up to it what did what did you feel well like there were several times where like you know you two guys and Devin would get uh like 
you know, get me off to the side or something and have a conversation and, you know, about whatever. And uh, I always felt like I was getting ganged up on, you know, because I always felt like you guys were all three in the same place, you know, mm-hmm. mentally and spiritually. And like you kind of had, you know, your thing. And like I was not really where you guys were and y'all were trying to get me there. But I was like, you know, I, was, I always felt like I was taking on three dudes instead of just having a, you know, like like I feel like maybe maybe it would have come from Devin or or Matt. You know what I'm saying? But like instead of that dude talking to me one on one, like it would come from him and then you three would get together and come up with your, you know, your resolution and your arguments and everything and then and then come at me. So, you know, I always felt like I was kind of like, you know, at odds against you guys in some things. Yeah, I could see that for sure, man. I, I think in retrospect, that's probably something that I, you said this earlier, but a lot of, you know, passive aggressive kind of uh, words going back and forth and stuff like that. I think that's probably really true. Like we didn't, like, like I said too, I think one of the reasons why we didn't know how to handle this is because we all started as friends. And, I, and I, honestly, man, I thank the Lord that we still are. But it's yeah. hard to, like we we went from friends to we're all business owners to what is what is this? How do we approach this? And what do, what do we go through? And I think yeah. too, man, you, you were going through, you know, uh, this is a huge difference for you because you're right. Like we, we were all Christians and figuring out life while being a Christian, but in the band. And then, you know, I think you started maybe even questioning kind of where you stood with that. And then, you know, having a girlfriend and what that looked like and the stuff that you and her went through and, you know, stuff with other girls as well. Like I think you were trying to figure that stuff out too. So, yeah, man. So you mentioned that Joel spiritual. You said spiritually not on the same page as us. How how what does that mean? Well, I guess I felt like for a long time that I was like really trying to be a Christian. Like, you know, I, I always felt good in the band, and you know, I always felt good around you guys and stuff. And I just I don't know, man. I really wanted to believe, like, you know, and uh, you know, all, all the stuff that you guys were were into. But I just I don't know, man. My heart was never into it, and I couldn't. I guess I couldn't fake it. So now I want to really own up to this too. I, I hearing you say that makes me feel like, uh, do, I mean, do you feel like we were even in some sense, uh, powering or, or uh, spiritually abusive? Do you feel like we had, we did that or we handled that poorly? No, no, I don't think that at all. Um, it's just, I mean, you know, it's just the way it is. Like, you know, some people believe in some things and some people don't. And, you know, I mean, if we would have just been a band and like, you know, after the show did our own thing, you know, it would have been cool. But, uh-huh. you know, since you guys were going after a little bit more, I mean, I just naturally didn't fit into the picture of that. that that's an interesting thing that you're saying. You're saying you you were trying to be a Christian and you wanted to believe during that time and ultimately just were not able to? Yes, that's correct. And where where during this time and time frame and period did you make that realization or did you know it all along? I think I knew it all along. So, so you would you know, say, like I mean, every- you grew up at the same church I did. I remember, you know, we met each other probably when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, as how long yeah, I know. Yeah. Our families go to the same church today. Uh, yours and mine yeah. do. And so you grew up in church, but you would say that at no point in your life have you ever been a Christian. Is that, is that the way you would say it? Uh, Somebody have a TV on? Yeah, I do. Okay. What? I'll turn it down. Sorry. Just no, no turn problem. it down like a little bit. You can still watch yeah. it. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, man, this, this, isn't that, this isn't that important. We're just talking about, like, your your eternity in heaven or hell and stuff. But yeah, if you can turn it down a little dude, bit. And we, you know, finish Murder, dude, She Wrote, dude. Magnum P.I. is on, man. Lay off me. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, I mean, when I was a kid, I guess maybe I believed. But I don't know, man. I just, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not saying I'm an atheist or anything. Um, I just don't know. I just question constantly everything existence you know i don't know if there's a god you know i'd like to think that there might be but i don't know how did it go like because at the time when you were in the band you were at least thought you were or were saying you were or were considering uh christian and being christianity and most people would say yeah you're in a christian band of course duh can you tell the time that we talked to you the least and have been the least connected to you and 20 years is the period right after you left the band. Would you tell us how, what, what happened? Like, what were the next couple of years like for you? Well, that was just like post breakup stuff, you know, uh, you know, coming to terms with like who I am and who you guys are. And, and, you know, a lot of like, why did they do it the way they did it? But, you know, after enough time went by, it's cool, man. I mean, I, I've, I've been in bands and I've done the exact same thing, man. Like, you know, I was in a band before where we had a lead singer that played guitar that we were like, maybe he shouldn't play guitar, you know. So we had a couple of conversations without him there to decide that we all wanted to do this. And then we, you know, talked to him about it. So, you know, it's the same deal. I mean, that's how bands operate. But, you know, it's like, you know, it just took me some time to get over it. But ultimately I did. How did your family react to We Never Really Even Talked About That? Like when you said, I'm no longer in Emory, were you... Did you open up to them, or did you just kind of let it stay inside? Yeah, or what? yeah. No, I, I told them. I told my close, immediate family like the whole story, the deal. Yeah. How did they There's respond? There's a, <laughs> a lot of anger on their part towards yeah. you guys. Really? Yeah. That's really sucks. I, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. We love your family, obviously, and we still yeah. we still no, see yeah, them no, talk no. now. I mean, I think we're still good with them, but I, I can imagine that that from their point of view. I mean, you, you I mean, you got to see how it is. Like, like, okay, I understand the whole situation and I've totally forgiven you guys and, and like not even that I needed to, but you know, I mean, I've, I've worked through all the stuff and, and we're cool. Everything's good. But like somebody messes with my brother and then three or four years down the line, he's in the same boat. You know, he's, he's cool with everything. I'm not going to be cool with it yeah, still. Right. You know, yeah. I'll probably never get over it. You yeah, know, it's not sense. me. It's my, it's, it's my family. So, yeah. I mean, you can understand that. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, it, it's just a testament to the Greens in general, though, because they have definitely been, you know, I've hung out with your dad and your mom since then, and uh, they've been super nice and, and friendly to me. So I, I do appreciate that. I, I can imagine, man, how hard it would be for them to un- not to see the whole situation, not to be there, hear, hear it from j- just you and, and totally think, well, yeah, those guys are just awful. And And you're going through it at that moment. So you're emotional and upset and not knowing what to do either. So, so Matt and Toby, yeah. how should how should y'all have done it differently? Well, without getting to tell more... you the truth, uh, I am I am really genuinely remorseful of the, of that situation and how it went down. Uh, especially because, like, I'm not sorry for talking with my bandmates or having opinions that I had or us talking about you behind your back. I don't think that's the case. Like we understand, but uh, I think we did a very poor job of communicating 
throughout the whole time we were in Emory and being uh, passive when we should have been active and, and maybe active when we should have had no, nothing to say about it at all. So I, I am remorseful and I'm just really sorry because no matter what, I know there's a lot of personal pain uh, on your part and it affects you and your family and stuff like that. That's, that's hard to hear. And I am super thankful that you have the type of uh, forgiving personality that we can still be friends, but I, I am really sorry about. Well, I mean, you you gotta be like. I mean, it, you can't carry stuff around like that with you forever because it'll kill you, man. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't get past stuff, I mean, you know, you're just all you're doing is clogging up your brain with all you know all kinds of anger and hatred, and it just it it doesn't do anybody any good. You know, well, especially yeah. yourself. Joey, to answer your question, what was really crazy about it is we had we had literally just done a few emails where we had discussed it, and Devin wasn't there, you know, and um discussed Joel and his future and what we wanted him to do or what we, you know, some stuff he had going on. And, uh, you know, just Joel sent us an email saying he didn't say how he knew. And that's the question Toby wanted to ask you is how in the world did you find out that? Because we were discussing. So uh, y'all just found out. No, Matt said, Toby, come with me. We were at Warp Tour. No, I'm saying y'all just found out. Just now, yeah, when Joel told the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I remember that night. I remember everything about it. And just until Joel said that, I had no idea how it went down. And, I mean, the thing is, like, it was – I wasn't, like – you got to understand, I wasn't, like, trying to snoop through your computer, man. Oh, yeah, Joel, don't worry You had just pulled a prank on me, and I was like, I'm getting that. Joel, you don't owe me an apology (laughs) for snooping. (laughs) Don't worry. Like, I did the same thing to Logan, man. He left his uh, MySpace open, so I changed all his pictures. Yeah, no, no yeah. problem. Don't even split yeah. that. But, you know, so, Joey, basically, we were ta- we were honestly discussing uh, kicking Joel out of the band. That's that's what we were discussing. That That's just a plain and simple fact, and it sounds harsh to say that, but that's, that's what was going on. And then Joel had found that email, but he just said he uh, found out that we were thinking about that, and so he wanted to go ahead and quit or whatever, and he sent us an email. So we got an email. From Joel, we were in Orlando, Florida, and I just got an email from Joel saying he knew he knew what we were talking about, and he was just not going to be in the band anymore because if that's what we wanted or something along the lines of that. And I just, I mean, can you imagine? Like, as far as I know, Joel's in the front lounge. I'm in the back lounge at the time I get the email. Yeah. So Joel didn't, like, come say, what the hell, guys? He sent that email, and so I felt like, I mean, my heart stopped. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is what's going to, I mean, what in the world's about to happen? I went and found Toby and it's like, you're not going to believe this. And told him that, you know, I got this email from Joel. How did he know? Did somebody talk to him? We couldn't, we were, we were completely astonished and confused and hadn't really made up our mind of what we were going to do or how to handle stuff, you know, as far as my recollection, at least. So it was just like the most intense thing. And then Joel is a passive guy in general. He's not a confrontational person. And so he chose to send that email. And then later that day, and the next day, and the next day, we didn't talk about it. Nobody said a word about it. So we're, 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 we're sleeping across from each other, making jokes, all this stuff, and nobody yeah. said anything about, play, about this massive playing thing. Playing shows that, every day, yeah. Yeah, yeah playing shows, rocking out. Joel, get me a beer. Joel, tell me a beer, you know, whatever it might be. The, yeah, the, when it happened, Matt was like, Toby, come with me. And I was like, huh, what in the world is this? And I remember we were in Florida. In Orlando. And, and Yeah, in Orlando, and it started kind of drizzling as Matt was reading this email. And I was like, oh, my God, what does this mean? And then for the next three days, it didn't mean anything. Nobody said anything. And then I, and then I think we just were like us two and Joel were sitting on the bus by ourselves. And I think we just brought it up and we all kind of talked about it a little bit. But I would say, too, I, I'd want to clarify something, too, just because this is getting this all out in light. I, I agree with Matt fully, Joel. And I think for sure, uh, 
I want you to know that we don't think that we handled this situation at all, right? We had gone back and forth about this, but and and the real well, reason I, is I don't think any of uh, us did, yeah. man. I mean, you know, it's yeah. we were, you know, yeah, it's a long time ago, but, man. But I would say for sure, um, what kind of what's happened in our band is that Matt and myself and then Devin have always been leaders. So it works out really good when things are good, and then when things are bad, it doesn't work out as good. And that and so we didn't know how to handle the bad things because, like I said before, we're all friends, and so. I think for us, uh, like the reasons, it wasn't Joel was a bad bass player and he wasn't a bad friend. I I just really believe the the actual reason, Joel, and I don't know if we ever even fully told you this just because the way it went down is more like, yeah, you're just going to leave and that was it. But I mean, it was just, I think you, first of all, to be honest, we didn't think it was helping you. Like some of the situations with your girlfriend and uh, with your attitude towards like what, what we were trying to do with the band and stuff, I, we just didn't think it was helping you. And uh, and at the same time, we didn't know if you were fully on board with you know with with our vision. I think we it's probably the same way you felt about being an outsider. We felt like you right. were being outside, like that. We felt that same yeah. pain of non yeah. not being on the same page. It, it, and to us, we yeah, took I mean, it look, as, looking, yeah, you know, we're partners and we're trying, and you're not sometimes. And and then you look at it's like, uh, yeah, and like Toby said, I guess we felt like, what does Joel do if if he's not on board with where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do with everything? Why is I mean, is he just what was the point of this? You know, and so it was just that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, but, you know, enough years go by, you you know, you think about something enough, and you you get to the point where you figure out like, I, I hate I hate it when people say everything happens for a reason. I can't. That's my biggest pet peeve in the world. Um, what? Why is that? You mean just because I just I don't believe it. Yeah. I think that things happen, and then you deal with the consequences, whatever way you deal with them. And then enough time goes by, and then you find yourself in a good spot, and you go, "Oh, well, everything happened for a reason." <laughs> but it's not true, that, you know. Yeah, I heard the other day. Everything comes in threes. Everything comes in threes. <laughs> but yeah. that's not true. It's just you just you just think about three things, and everybody stops there. But, see, there was yeah. three, but then there's probably five other exactly. things that happen. But yeah, it's just one of those it's one of those dumb things that people say and you're like, you know, that that's not true. I want to go back to one one other story during that warp tour and Matt, I want you to tell the story and I want to hear Joel's response to it about the time that Joel threw up on his jeans. We already told that story on the podcast before. <laughs> no, but I want to hear I want to hear I want you to repeat it and then Joel, <laughs> I want to get to, Joel's point of view on the same yes. on the story. Now, this, yeah, Joel, do you remember this at all? Yeah, I remember everything about it, man. <laughs> no, yeah, this happened. Um, this would have which been is, a couple which of is weeks weird. after. This would have been during the time when Joel was leaving the band, and we weren't talking about it. That would have been right. during. This it was time. no, no, no. It, it wasn't. It was right after Warp Tour, though. Mm, yeah, you're right. Remember, it was on the way home. It was right? in. <clears throat> we played this yeah. club in Gainesville, where uh, Logan bought out the entire bar with his tax right. check. <laughs> yeah, remember it was that bar where I, I, I somehow got up on. No, no, no. You got on my shoulders. Yep, that's during right. the last song. <laughs> that's right. That was uh, we told the story on the pod, on podcast episode two with Logan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. essentially, the, it's just one little anecdote that makes this really funny. So Joel got he uh, had a hangover, was drunk, or maybe it was even the night before or something like that. And you, I guess you were drinking Jack Daniels, if I recall, and you threw up. You threw up all in the front lounge, and it was on you and it was on your pants and stuff like that. And Gary got up in the yeah. morning first, and he yeah, cleaned Gary up. Cleaned it. He cleaned up after you and everything, and then you rolled out of bed really late that day. We went and had lunch somewhere in Alabama, I think was where we were. And uh, you eventually got up, and then later that day when you were rolling, it was the night we were going to play at the Furnace Fest. It's Lost Furnace is where it was, as a matter of fact. And um, you were walking around in your pants from the night before that you had thrown <laughs> up in that had vomit on them. And... <laughs> 
And that dis- that was very disturbing to a lot of people, Joel, because it smelled like fresh vomit, and it was, yeah. and it was on your pants, dude. So that was that was crazy. Like your pants were a real life scratch and sniff. Yeah, and so you're wearing these vomit pants around all day long, and Logan particularly very angry about that, and says. Joel, you have to change your pants. Joel, those pants are covered in vomit. Joel, you stink. You have to change your pants. To which your famous response was, it's my last clean pair. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning that in your brain, you had a dirty clothes sack that you'd already taken some jeans that had some dirt and sweat on them and put them in the dirty clothes sack. And so this was the the pair you had left that were still clean in quotes. Whereas surely to get the sweaty, dirty ones out would have been much better than the vomit. My logic was flawless. <laughs> I still I still hold that to be true to this day. Like you're they not going back like, into your laundry bag once it's in there, you're saying. If they if I said that they were my cleanest pair, then they absolutely were my cleanest pair. <laughs> <laughs> so clean does not necessarily mean smells better. Well, I don't know, man. It's uh there's there's a difference between like normal uh, like two dudes in a Two Christians in a Dunkin' Donuts, chit chatting clean, and a uh, guy that's been on tour for eleven weeks clean. You know, there's yeah, true. there's quite a variable there. Well, man, everything happens for it's a reason. A slope. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, Joel, so you haven't been in the band now since 2006. What is uh, life like now for Joel Green? Well, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I after I left Emory, I came back to Greer for I don't know a couple of years, and then uh, I moved up to Indianapolis for a while. For about three and a half years, and uh, that was kind of uh, like I made some really good friends there, man. But I didn't really enjoy my time. You know, I kind of other than sucks, the people. Right? Yeah, I yeah, it really does, does man. Dave, our drummer, lives there too, so I make fun of. Him, I mean, I it's like, just I don't like Indianapolis. Sorry, Indy fans. It, I mean, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's like a big city that doesn't really have any kind of uh, feel to it. You know, it's not like Chicago exactly. or Seattle or anything like that. It's just a bunch of buildings and. Huge downtown, and uh, no it's culture. Every bit you is, say or no personality. Every bit is. I didn't find one while I was there. <laughs> I mean, I you know, but uh, you know, it's like every bit as hot as it is in South Carolina during the summer. But the winters are brutal, man. It's like horrible. I mean, Dave hey, can, can you, attest can you to tell that. your funny story about the time you were on a bike and what happened? <laughs> and one night okay, partying, yeah. in, partying in Indy. Yeah, this was really funny. I uh, I went out with some friends. On, uh, at this bar and I, I didn't really want to drive because I had a bad feeling about it I was like you know so uh, I rode my bicycle and I met my friends and then uh, we were in there maybe an hour and a half and I was drinking these double jacks uh, Jack Daniels and ginger ales and uh, we decided to leave and uh, me and this other buddy of mine were going to go to another bar and uh, call, this place called the Lockerbie and so I walk across the street and I'm a little wobbly but not bad you know because <laughs> It, <laughs> I didn't feel like I was that affected by it. So right. I unchained my bike. I threw my leg over the bike, and uh, I started pedaling. And as soon as I started pedaling, man, I couldn't keep the bike up. Like I was weaving, <laughs> you know. I'd push with the right foot and lean to the right, pull the bike back hard to the left, you know, pedal with my left, start to go down. <laughs> so I was weaving back and forth. And this is right downtown. <laughs> How far did you go like everywhere. this? That started immediately as soon as you started pedaling. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm standing. I'm standing. I got my left foot's on the ground, 
yeah. my right foot's on the pedal. As soon as I lift my foot <laughs> off the ground and push the pedal down, you lean down I start up. to go down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's immediate. Yeah. So I finally, I, I, I maybe make two or three revolutions of the pedals, <laughs> and I start to go down to the right. And when I did, I'm at about a 45-degree angle, and I run headfirst into a light post. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going fast enough to where I flip over the handlebars. Like, I'm, you know, it's something like you see in a cartoon. Like, I go flying over the handlebars, and I just smash on the ground and, like, you know, bite the inside of my mouth and, you know, teeth click together, everything. So I was like, oh, man, you know, this sucks. And, like, everybody, I mean, tons of people out there watching me, you know, and, like, what is this dude's deal? So I get up on the bike and <laughs> kind of pull it around the, the pole there. And uh, I, I start going again. <laughs> and I did, I ran into the very next light post. <laughs> exact same way. You flipped over the handlebars again. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like I did the exact same thing two times in a row. And, and people, <laughs> people are watching you do this. Yeah, like I wish somebody would have filmed it. It was the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life, man. Or, or somebody would have stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, sir, <laughs> sir, please, do not get back do on. Do not get back on the bike, sir. What'd you do after the second yeah. pole? Well, after the second one, I I'm, I walked my bike out into the middle of the street and started going. And I was doing the same thing, but there weren't any light posts in there. And thankfully, there weren't any cards either. But um, I finally got up enough speed where I was um, going pretty steady, and then uh, I just didn't stop. Um, once I got going. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, weaving in front of cars and running red lights and things like that. But, you know, I made it to the, to the second location. <laughs> <laughs> so you made it to the second location, but do you remember what, what you told us when you tried to leave the second bar? Cause you went and drank more at the second oh, yeah, bar. Yeah. 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 yeah well, we split a picture at that other bar and, yeah. uh, just me and this other dude. <laughs> yeah. And I had my bike chained up outside of the big <laughs> giant glass window where the main bar is in this place. Friday night, packed. So I go out there and unchain my bike. And I, at this point, every time I throw my leg over it, I just crumble to the ground. Like, I can't even <laughs> you can't get on the throw bike. your leg over the bike. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, imagine doing a kick, but, you know, extremely <laughs> intoxicated. So, uh, <laughs> you were doing like a, low, a super low sidekick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a terrible so karate a move. After a few tries of this, I don't remember how many times I tried it, but this uh, the bartender comes out, and his name is Jeff, and he's the burliest dude. He's got like, he's covered in tattoos, huge beard, you know, gruff voice, and um, he comes out and he just grabs me by the shirt, you know, like both hands, smacks me a couple times in the face, you know, <laughs> like, pop, pop. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, Joel, he's like, sit down, sit on the curb, I called you a taxi. I'm like, what? And he goes, sit down on the curb. I called you a taxi. He smacked <laughs> you in the down. face. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked up at him, handed my keys. I said, can you lock my bike back up for me? <laughs> so <laughs> he locks it back to the thing and handed me my keys. And right then the cab pulls up. So, uh, you know, I split and went home. So I, it was about a week later. I finally, you know, went back to that bar to get my bike. And it was on like a Tuesday night, you know, so it was dead. And I walked in and Jeff just immediately starts laughing at me. Like the second he sees me, like I didn't even talk to him. And uh, he just started laughing. And uh, I walked up and I was like, dude, so uh, that night, like, was everybody looking at me? And he said, yeah. He said the entire bar was watching you <laughs> 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 try to get on your bike. 
<laughs> he so said we everybody, were all in whole, every, everybody in the entire bar is just watching you, hope, <laughs> like taking bets, yeah. see if you're actually going to get on the bike. And then that one guy, he's a nice guy and a hero. He comes out and says, yeah. no way, and slaps you. Well, <laughs> so, so you entertained yeah. two bar, bars full of people that night. Yeah, well, the thing was, he actually was watching me for a few. It's like one of those things where, like, you're watching somebody train wreck, yeah. And then you realize, like, I better do something, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, he, I mean, you know. At, 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 at first it was funny. And then he was like, oh, Joel, I'll be at Joel's funeral <laughs> tomorrow if I, I don't do something. He's probably watching me going, you know, if he leaves here, he's like, I might be held accountable for this. So he ran out and popped yeah, me a couple I mean, times. Cause you, set me straight. Your, your state of mind was, hey, I won't ride on the sidewalk. I'll ride in the middle of the street because I, I don't want to hit a telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> but there's cars yeah. moving in the middle of yeah. the street. It was wild, man. It was a crazy night. So, Joe, is it bothering you if we tell stories about somebody drinking too much? Um, the only thing that bothers me would be uh, that he wasn't there. Yeah. No, if <laughs> if, if there wasn't a, a deeper level friendship here, just because honestly, uh, Joel could have died, you know. But I. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a way better punchline, Joey. You're right. Well, Joey's upset that you didn't die. <laughs> no, I'm just saying well, we, we. It's been it's been no, noted that we talk story. We tell stories about yeah. when people drank too much on this podcast, and I'm wondering yeah. is that a big deal? Is that bad? Are we? You know, what's the deal there? Well, Joel is. Do you think those stories? I'll, obviously, they are funny. But do you think that's a? What do you think about that story? As far as is that a bad thing to drink too much and all that stuff? Where are you at with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bad thing. I mean, you know, you I don't know. I mean, I could have gotten seriously hurt that night. Easily. Yeah. Could have happened. You know, but it, it didn't. So everything's okay. So I think it's, you know, I think it's fine to tell the stories, you know, something funny happens and something goofy. Uh, but now, somebody Joel, does. from a, a Christian point of view, a lot of Christians would say, well, you shouldn't tell that story because it might make somebody else do that. No, I don't think uh, that at all. That's what you're insinuating. I don't know. What What does it mean? I mean, what's the, what? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a good question because you could tell a lot of stories and people would say all they do is just tell stories and laugh about stuff that's bad stuff. So that's not that's can't be a good thing, can it? Uh, maybe, you know, not not for kids, but, you know, should be cool for adults. Right. Well, it's like I think, first of all, this story particular in particular. No, I mean, not offended in the least, but I think it's it's where do you draw the line if if Joel was a married man? And we're talking about that night when he destroyed his family by sleeping with another woman and we're all laughing. That would for sure just come across as just the biggest assholes ever. So I do think at some point laughing. Yeah, but there's a some, huge difference between those two types yes, of stories, no, Joey. It's like, I, you know, one is a goofy drunk story and one is destroying your marriage, you know. Right. I, I think what I'm saying, though, is, is I, can, I can understand – why anybody would be like, man, they shouldn't be laughing about that. That's messed up. He could have gotten killed. You know, I, for I don't us, think that's just... the problem. Don't you think, Joey, a lot of people are going, these guys are Christians trying to promote the gospel, and Joey's a pastor, and they just laugh about getting drunk. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that, is that, are they right? No, I don't think so, but I can understand where they're coming from. I guess I don't understand where they're coming from just because I go, just like what Joel said, I don't think anybody's implying that what happened to Joel was a good thing or that Joel is planning on doing that tonight. Like I think that the the reason it is actually funny is because that's something you shouldn't do. Now it did happen. It is true, and it is funny. Should we not right. talk about it? Or, but it, it's, or is it's it okay? the exact same thing as somebody having a story where they drove too fast or ran a stoplight because they were late for work and they barely missed it, and, and they're going to tell that story, and it, it it could be funny. 
You know, people tell stories that bad things that happen, and it's funny. It's like that. Remember that guy when we were in high school? That that guy in that we we sang in that choir thing, and he fell down the steps. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like that was one of the funniest things I've ever to this day that I've ever seen in my life. And, the guy with the big cello. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he hadn't been drinking. That not that we knew of. So I mean, really, the you know the only difference between those two stories is the alcohol. Yeah, Joel. What I'm saying is, people will criticize us for make telling drunk stories and making it sound fun or awesome or condoning drinking or something. Yeah, but isn't that kind of what you guys are trying to do with the bad Christian thing? Is what? Is be honest and yes. be able to laugh at stuff like yes. that. And, yes, it is. So that's what I'm just see thinking the funny about side it of because things. yeah, I'm not trying. To, yeah, so that's what I'm saying is to us. I guess the way I think about it is that did happen. It was funny. We can talk about it or we can hide it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I think mean, hiding I'm, it is the dumbest thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm, but fully, I'm, I'm fully on board with talking about it. I think the the discussion that we had a long time ago. Just would, don't laugh. No. The discussion <laughs> that we had a long time ago was, you know, does discussing it make people think that we're totally cool with the fact that Joel could have gotten himself killed? That's what I'm saying, and I think most people would be would be crazy to think that. So we can't please every single listener. There are going to be people that say, "Hey, man, they shouldn't laugh and make light of that." Joel seriously could have gotten hurt. Um, so the, the discussion was not based on whether or not we should be open. The discussion was based on whether or not being open would lead someone to think that we just didn't care about over drinking. You know, but, yeah. The problem I have with it is. People love watching it, you know, uh, America's Funniest Home Video videos and people getting into accidents and hurting themselves. If the one key thing here, if the one little element of alcohol wouldn't have been in the story and Joel's you know, chain fell off and he hit a telephone pole and then he put his chain back on and, a, and his chain fell off again and he hit the immediate next telephone pole, oh, that's okay because that's safe and that's funny. But if Joel drank too much, then we go, oh, that's actually sad. So we can't laugh at it. We need to actually, really, this needs to be a lesson. And all I'm saying is, I think if anybody learned a lesson, it was Joel. Hey, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know that that's not that's not good to go over my handlebars <laughs> every night two times in a row. I don't I don't think anybody thinks that. So at the very least, drinking leads to you going over to your over your handlebars two times in a row. I think that Joel goes, yeah, it's probably not the best thing for me. I don't yeah. think that's good for anybody. By the way. Y'all wouldn't believe how sore I was the next day. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> hey, so we touched on this just a little bit, Joel, um, but I am curious as far as the time that you spent with these guys and hearing what they believe and all that sort of thing and you not being uh, sold on it. So if if someone said, hey, man, wh- what do you believe? Uh, what would be your answer? Like, what what do you believe as far as God is concerned? Well... I guess I'm. Uh, uh, I guess I would have to say I'm like an agnostic. You know, yeah. I'm just not sure. Yeah. About you know the existence of God, and and as as that goes, you know, I'm not at all sold on any kind of religion or you know anything like that. Yeah. Do you think Jesus was a I real just, person? As far as like, did he exist? I don't know. I like to I like to read and research and you know I would ultimately like to get to that answer but I you know I hope somebody does find definitive proof that I think that'd be real neat but yeah. I just I don't know Yeah But yeah, I mean you I know I don't I don't uh I don't hate on Christians or anything I mean or 
Buddhists or atheists or whatever, man. I, you know, everybody's belief is cool with me. How did you that know, feel whatever. being in a band and like an overtly Christian band, as most people would see it at, at, during that time? What did that? What was that like? I mean, it was uh, it was tough to reconcile some things, and and it, a lot of it was kind of confusing because, you know, a lot of the stuff that would go on on the tour bus, you know, away from fans and things like that that I would see you guys doing, yeah, would make me like. You know what I'm talking about, like, <laughs> you know, would make me think, like, you know, are they are they sold on this too, or is this legit, or are they just talking? I don't know. Like, you know? like basically hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not to that extent, but you know, I, I mean, a lot of the things that I thought that y'all had seen me do or, or think that I was doing, I was convinced that other guys in the band had done those things as well yeah. at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's yeah. a lot of people in uh, Christian bands that are, that are were in your shoes, or is just they did totally did not believe, but they just either went along with it or pretended? You think that's I think, common? Yeah, I think there has to be. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, yeah, there is. I, there's got to be one dude that like you know kind of comes on board and's like, yeah, man, these guys are touring and making a little making a little money, and you know, so I'll I'll go to Bible studies and whatever and just to stay in the band. You know? Yeah, I remember one one of my visits to Seattle. Um, a, a bunch of y'all were staying at uh, Tooth and Nails Recording Studio, and I remember that was a season of life where you really were. I guess now knowing now knowing what you were thinking, I guess uh, the most accurate depiction would be you were really trying to make it work because you would like bring your Bible to a Bible study, really listen ask questions and that sort of thing. So that just must have been a season of time where you were really trying to give it a whirl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I tried, man. I, I, you know, I really did. Yeah. But you can't, I mean, it's one of those things in your life that you can't fake, you know, you can't, uh, I mean, once you make the decision that you believe one certain way, I mean, you know, it's going to take a lot to change your mind on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's tons so. of tons of people and tons of bands, and it seems almost I would say crazy close to half of the people that are Christians in bands, and then they're just not later. I mean, that's my experience. They're just they're just not. So, so Joel, when you die, you think you just you just die? You don't? Do you believe in an afterlife? I don't know. I'd like to think that there is some sort of an afterlife, but I don't know. What would be your best afterlife? Watching NFL and drinking beer <laughs> for the rest of your life? Uh. I don't know, man. That's an interesting question. I have to think yeah. about that one for a while. It's, uh, I think it would be more like just being able to have access to the cosmos and, and you know, if there's some sort of uh, collective intellectual energy or something like that, uh, you know, like a lot, you know, like something like the force, but in real life that your brain is connected to that somehow your body's keeping you from during your life on earth. And then once you die, you, you go into that next spiritual plane where you can just kind of exist everywhere all the time. I think that'd be really cool. So being a guest on this podcast, does it kind of feel that way? Uh, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably touching, uh, you know, <laughs> tens of lives. How many of our listeners you have? <laughs> hey, Joel, so, so what are you up I'm to now? What, 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 is it, what is life like for, for Joel these days? And if you have any funny stories, give us a couple. Well, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I'm, I'm just working right now at a restaurant, and uh, I'm studying to get my license as a, a personal trainer. 
Nice. And so as soon as, as soon as I do that, man, I hope I get it. You know, just get a job and just live at the gym, man. That's kind of my goal. So I'm I've actually uh, I'm not like training people, but I'm like working out with a couple of different people here and there. And, yeah. Uh, so you know, it's kind of cool. Like I, I, that's something I've been passionate about off and on for I don't know 25 years or so. And like I was just uh, working out one day several months ago, and I was like, this is what I should do. Like this is exactly what I need to do. It's just this all the time. Wear sweatpants to work. It'd be great. You feel like that's actually your calling now? That's what you're supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm in I'm actually getting pretty fit now. Like I mean, like my workouts are, you know, pretty effective and uh you know, I'm cleaning up my diet a little bit every day. So it's something not that much, man, to be honest with you. You just sometimes um, that's not a, it's not Yeah, I've know. I've uh I've, I decided uh, to cut out hard liquor altogether. So nice. Um, at this at this point, it was man, either going to be like, that or bicycles. You had to cut one, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, I actually did donate that bike to be uh, <laughs> to a museum la- later on. What's <laughs> like Yeah, to the I donated it to a, a manhole cover that it fell in. No, but uh, so I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I might have a couple beers here and there with uh, you know, I go out to a Mexican restaurant and have one of those big. So, you know, you get a, everything, everything in life hinges on getting older. Yeah. So swe- wearing sweatpants know. to work is where it's at, you say? I think so. You know yeah, what sure. is funny about sweatpants thing, especially for women? Uh, we went to the doctor this morning. Like a, my daughter had an early thing. So my wife, I said, so we're going to get up early and just go to the doctor. And she said, yeah, I said sweatpants. She goes, oh, yeah, sweatpants. And I said, what's so much yeah. better about the sweatpants? Like it, I put on my jeans. I'm not going to wear sweatpants. It takes me the same amount of time to put on my sweatpants as it would jeans. But for the female, you see, it signals to the rest of the world that I'm in sweatpant mode. So don't judge my hair. Don't judge my makeup. Don't judge anything else I'm wearing. That's the point of when, when women go to sweatpants mode. It's just to let it. It's just yeah, a it's signal a, it's a to non, let everybody else know. It's a nonverbal cue, smart. yeah. 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 Because, I mean, it doesn't like take that. longer to put on sweatpants, does it? No. No, but you no, go, oh, you the- know what? I got to roll out early. I'm just going to take him to the airport and come back home. Sweatpant time. Yeah, yeah well, but don't see, you think for yeah. some people it's more comfortable? No, but the point of it is, like, it, you do it when you're in a hurry or when you're going to come back home. or when, If you don't care if people see you, you wear sweatpants. But I think for the female, it's more of just a cue of to let other people know it's sweatpant time. Don't judge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's totally what it is. And, Joel, and are you dating? You got a girl that wears sweatpants? No, no, I'm kind of kind of flying solo right now, man. But uh, I'm uh, working and uh, have some particular things that I need to pay for. Uh, so I'm I'm not really in a financial place to be dating a whole lot right now. But uh, I got my eyes on a couple. <laughs> 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 I always got my peepers open, but. Uh, you guys were talking earlier before I got on about Matt was talking about you know Bridget being sick and enjoying that and I I think what I took from that is uh <laughs> I remembered I remember one of my ex girlfriends girl I dated in Indianapolis is like I think I think it's coming from the same place maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong but like this my whole mentality that whole relationship was like when I was not with her I looked so forward to hanging out and then I'd pick her up and then after a specific amount of time went by I would look forward to letting her off <laughs> <laughs> that describes my and marriage be, you're saying joel and being by myself for a while so i think <laughs> i think it's more like uh a break from from normalcy 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's true. Yeah, you know, it's not the way things normally are. So I'm, I'm kind of clowning know. on that, but I, I really do. Like do I, guar- enjoy it. I guarantee you, whenever Bridget goes, hey, going out, well, probably you know before the baby, but when she was like, girls' night out, you know, don't call. It's the I best bet inside. Inside, you were like, hell yeah. Yeah, I know. She, yeah, if she does that now, I say, hey, I'll watch the yeah. baby, and then it's fish stick time for me. Fish sticks, yeah, and it. I watch whatever is on TV, just junk TV and eat fish sticks. I love it. I mean, yeah, so in you so know. within the confines of a marriage, yeah. you're actually, you actually become very happy when your wife goes away from you. Absolutely. Yeah, which I, I think that's hilarious, but I, I totally see the truth in I, that. I mean, I don't think that's bad. It's funny. I'm, I'm exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, but it is true. I mean... Yeah, I, it, it it sure it should go without saying that I like my wife. Or I love being around her and all that. But yeah. that's I, I'm assuming that. And so on top of that, I like it when she's sick or gone. <laughs> yeah. just, well, Joel, uh, it sounds like things are going good for you, man. We're glad you're uh, like eating healthy and getting in shape. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to make a drive down to Charleston and work with you guys a little bit, man. Yeah, sounds for like. sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do it because Joey's stopping at Dunkin' Donuts and doing all that stuff. Joey is so. <laughs> <laughs> Joey is actually so fat his clothes has stretch marks. <laughs> you know? Are you, Joey, I remember for a while you were pretty uh pretty pretty good runner. Are you still running? Yes, a lot. Not I'm, really. I'm like a hundred times in better shape than Toby. So listen to all these fat jokes. No, it's entertaining. Not, I'm not listening. No, I'm it's, not jokes. it's not jokes. It's not man. jokes, man. We're trying to I'm help try- you. Joel's listen, a personal trainer. Joe- Calm down. Joey actually, it's kind of sad. Joey actually gets a little bit upset when we make uh <laughs> jokes about him and he cuts himself. A piece of cake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's getting uncomfortable because it's been interfering with the podcast because Joey's so fat, he, he has his own satellite orbiting him. <laughs> <laughs> There's interference to the podcast broadcast. Yeah, inter- yeah, Y'all got to buy a new microphone every month because there's so much cake dust in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Go ahead. I'll, I'll draw you up a program, Joey. Don't worry about it, man. We'll get you, Thanks, we'll get you squared away. Whatever you can do. To- <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is like Joey's talking about not being able to watch TV, but uh, the last time he, he saw 90210, it was on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that up? That's hilarious, no, man. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, No, I'm just telling real life stories here about Joey. They're so. not jokes, <laughs> Joel. Yeah. <laughs> I do oh, think it, awesome. it, it's kind of tough for him, though, because, you know, you were talking about cars and, and uh, I mean, you know, driving fast and stuff like that. Joey actually shows up on radar. So he, <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Joel, thanks, man. Yeah, we want you to come down to Charleston, hang out. I'd love maybe you and I could go for a jog around Joey, get some extra. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, man. I'm I'm not great with distances just yet, so we yeah. might have to hold off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's sure. not really a sprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Joel, I'm glad that you came on the show today, and I and uh, I'm glad we got to talk about some of the stuff. And and uh, it was yeah, for sure, man. I think other people find it interesting, but even if they don't, that doesn't matter to me because I appreciate you uh, being able to talk about it and be willing to do that, and as well as how forgiving you've been of us. Because I, I'm telling you, we're sorry we did not handle all of that situation right for sure. All right, awesome, Joel. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good catching uh, up with you, man. We are honestly yeah, you too, man. so happy that we're still good friends, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you being so honest and telling your story. And uh, you know, it you're just a, a funny, awesome guy. I mean, uh, Joey's so fat, even God can't lift his spirit. So <laughs> you being on here is really <laughs> is good. <laughs> it's really awesome for all of us. So we, thank you, Joel. We love you, Chopper. 
You got it, man. Love you guys too, man. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye, yeah, man. Yeah. Old Joel Green, man. I love that guy. That was awesome. Hey. All I right. really do, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Matt's getting off here quick. I got to wow. go. I've got a full schedule. I wanted to talk, though, man. Okay, I we just, can talk for a couple of minutes. I just, I miss you, man. I just didn't. Oh, oh golly. You doing okay? I just had to postpone an interview because we went long. Okay. Oh, okay. So now I got to do an interview, which I'm glad I'm not complaining about. But I got an interview, then I got a meeting, then I got another meeting. Well, all you listeners, if you're not Good subscribed, <laughs> subscribe to this podcast. And uh, we enjoy hanging out, and we are glad that you enjoy it too. So uh, tune in for next podcast. Right before you leave, we want to say real quickly, we just want to thank Scarrow Guitars. Uh, we play Scarrow Guitars. We love them. They're a small company that make just some of the best guitars you could ever play. So if you're looking to purchase a new guitar, make sure you check out Scarrow Guitars. That's S-C-E-R-O. Scarrow, their website is scarrowguitars.net. They make vintage-inspired guitars. Toby and I both have them, and we have more ordered. You may have seen us uh, play them before. I have one that looks like a Telecaster that they made, and, and they make them uh, relict and beat up, and they make brand new ones if you want them to be that way. They're great guitars. We love playing them. Scarrowguitars.net. See you next time. See you, guys. Thank you.